Super Bowl 55 has come and gone. We're going to wrap up the season for you. Kansas City Chiefs have been sent home while Tampa Bay wins their second Super Bowl in franchise history. We'll also talk about the goats of goats for all major sports. And, of course, break down NFL news. This is Dan and Drew, and you're listening to the Big Skin Podcast. Welcome to the Big Skin Podcast. A weekly podcast about all things football and only football. Every week, we'll go in-depth about each team and deliver the best hard-hitting topics. Now, here's your host, Andrew Walker. What's going on, everyone? Thank you so much for joining again on the Pigskin Podcast. I'm Drew. That is Dan. Hello. NFL season has come to a close. 2020 season, who many people, including us, didn't think we would get to this point without any interruptions. NFL did a good job. Mm-hmm. They made it happen. Kudos to them. And if you watch the game on TV, there were a lot of people at that game. I mean, we, we said it'd be about 25,000. And it sounded and looked just like any other NFL game. It was bringing us back to the 2019 season. It was glorious. Pre-COVID days is what it felt like. Well, it's because half of the seats were filled up with cardboard I know, cutouts. I know, but I like I like the way it looked on TV. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It looked like it was full, but NFL season has come to a close. Let's get through some NFL news. Probably the biggest thing outside of the the Super Bowl, obviously, Hall of Fame inductees that were finally cemented in Canton, and the Hall of Fame inductees for the twenty twenty one class are first and foremost Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, uh, that first was, ballot. First ballot, I know that when they the writers uh, were discussing the Hall of Fame, they didn't even take 15 minutes on Peyton Manning. That seems a little decision. too long to me, but we all yeah. understood. Peyton Manning had a phenomenal career in Indianapolis, won a Super Bowl there, left as a free agent, so to speak. We talked about it last week a little bit. Went to Denver, won a Super Bowl there as well, even though it really wasn't him who won. Mm. Probably one of the yeah. worst seasons of his entire career. But yes. nonetheless, he, he won two Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Had an outstanding career. The next that follows, though, Charles Woodson. One of the best defensive players of all time, but not only in just the NFL, mm-hmm. but also in college. Won yeah, the Heisman yeah. Trophy. Right. Won a Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers. I enjoyed watching him play. Now, it, very possible they could have won another Super Bowl if it wasn't for the Brady Tuck. Not going to go into that. But Charles Woodson absolutely deserved to be a first-round ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. Had a phenomenal career from start to finish. Loved watching him play. His aggressiveness, very smart, high IQ of the game. Well-deserved. And next is Calvin Johnson. And as we know, he was Megatron, played for the Detroit Lions, retired early. But the stat that is so crazy between him and Tom Brady is that Calvin Johnson was drafted, played, retired, and elected to the Hall of Fame in the course of Tom Brady's career. It's wild. The fact that Tom Brady has been around that long for someone to get drafted, have a Hall of Fame career, retire, have to wait that five years minimum, Mm -hmm. and Tom Brady is still winning, and he just won a Super Bowl. Another Super Bowl. Oh, by the way, his seventh Super Bowl. That just shows, that puts in perspective how good Tom Brady is. We'll get into him a little later. What a phenomenal career thus far for him. And for Calvin Johnson, I'm so happy yeah. he's gotten in the Hall of Fame. In mm-hmm. my opinion, he's top five easily, best wide receiver of all time. Yeah. He dominated everyone he went against. 
And I'm glad that the Lions organization is trying to uh, reconcile with him and the relationship they had that ended his career. Hopefully that they get on good terms. But the next one, Drew, is Drew Pearson. Oh, Drew Pearson. What a great first name. He he played for the Cowboys, and he goes in with senior status. Frankly, I think it was far too long before he finally got in. But nevertheless, Drew Pearson is in the Hall of Fame for the Cowboys. He was the original number 88 before Michael Irvin. And now that you have CeeDee Lamb wearing number 88. Oh, and then Des Bryant. So you have a great legacy of individuals who've worn the number 88. I don't know if Des Bryant's going to get in the Hall of Fame. Mm. Don't know. He's kind of one of those Philip Rivers situations. But that's a that's a good legacy that's been wearing number 88 in the Dallas organization. Yeah, and you got a lot to live up to if you're going to wear that number. A lot of pressure. Next one, Alan Fanica. One of the best offensive linemen in Pittsburgh Steelers history. He had the pleasure of blocking for the bus, Jerome Bettis. He was a player that dominated the line of scrimmage. I'm surprised that it kind of took this long, but I, I don't know. It's kind of good time. You're, I mean, you've been inducted with one of arguably the best Hall of Fame classes of all time. Uh, you got Peyton Manning, you know, Charles Woodson, and Calvin. That's a great company to be in, and John Lynch as well. Mm-hmm. John Lynch, speaking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a little bit, he won their very first Super Bowl. Yep. Strong safety, dominated the the defensive secondary, very hard hitter, super fun to watch. Now yeah. he's a general manager he's for the San Francisco manager. 49ers. And, and, he, and he's done well with the 49ers. Uh, next, Bill Nunn, who was a scout in the personnel department for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the 60s and 70s. The first black contributor, which I, I, I wasn't aware of that. In 100 years, he's the first one to get it. But Bill Nunn goes in as a contributor. And the last one is Tom Flores. He was a head coach for the Oakland Raiders, or LA Raiders as well. This is the one that surprised me and why it took so long. He's 83 years old. He's the first minority head coach to win a Super Bowl. But him and Mike Ditka are the only two in NFL history to win a Super Bowl as a player, as an assistant, and as a head coach. He has four total. One is a player, one is an assistant coach, and two is a head coach. And he's just now getting in. This, uh, I understand the NFL has a limit, a cap on how many people can get in the Hall of Fame each year. I can't complain at the same time because I think the Baseball Hall of Fame is set up completely wrong. I don't under, I don't like how they did it. There's not a single person this year that won the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, because they didn't re- reach that minimum that, threshold. That, yeah, minimum percentage. And so... Tom Flores, to me, it took him a, a long time to get in the NFL Hall of Fame to be cemented into Canton, Ohio, when he should have been there a long time ago. Four Super Bowls on three different levels. He should have been there. I'm glad he's finally in. Voters got it right. But I think that they need to increase the amount of people that can get in each and every year. There's 53 people on a roster on one team each and every season. Mm-hmm. And that's not including the contributors that come with that. Exactly. So you have... You have to increase how many people can get in each year. Maybe, maybe kind of like uh, you know, there's only one senior person that can get in. Maybe increase that number mm-hmm. because you have to yeah. have a uh, a minimum or a, yeah, minimum amount of time that you've been on ballots to hit senior status. So maybe increase that. I don't know, but too few get in each and every year. Tom Flores is finally in. Next up, Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. This was harder for me to follow this past year just because there wasn't someone who truly stood out like two years ago when J.J. Watt won with his hurricane relief for Houston. I mean, that was a slam dunk, no-brainer that he was going to get it. I'd hoped that Russell Wilson would get it. We didn't discuss it on the podcast last week because there 
match. Just you got 32 guys and you know, the show can only be so long, but I wanted Russell Wilson because he has done a lot for Seattle ever since he got there. He's done a lot for children's uh, cancer relief and the children's hospital. Now he's done a lot of feeding with the COVID situation. So Russell Wilson with the Seattle Seahawks has now won Walter Payton man of the year. And I, it's the most distinguished award that an NFL player can yeah. bestow. And, and that's not taken away from all the other, the 31 other guys that were represented all of them do a tremendous job within their community or they wouldn't be recognized by the NFL mm-hmm. that and alone to be the most, I guess, influential person on your team speaks a lot. I mean, there's, you only get 32 people who get nominated. Let's recap some of the awards that we talked about. Now, Dan hit pretty well on his mm-hmm. uh, predictions. Yes. I think yes, he only got one wrong. I think I got three. I got one, and I'll, I'll tell you what it is. The one that I got wrong was I said that I think that TJ Watt will get defensive player, but I want Aaron Donald. So just flip that one, and I'll be 7-0. and Yeah. But other than that, I hit on all of them, and I think that the league got it right this year. There weren't any ones that kind of had my head scratched. Yeah, well, let's start with Offensive Rookie of the Year, Justin Herbert. Look, I wanted him to get it. I thought they were going to go wide receiver. Stupid me for thinking that they were going to go different than a quarterback because we all know the offensive-related awards are typically quarterback awards. I think the reason why Derrick Henry even got Offensive Player of the Year award is because there would have been a riot. <laughs> I, well, first of all, what's what's so insulting, Dan? Derrick Henry did not have a single, single vote for MVP award. Are right. you mm-hmm. kidding me? Yeah. Take every person's right that has that uh, the ability to make a vote for MVP. They need to they need to be fired. Yeah, I understand it's a volunteer thing. They need to be gone, put in the woods. It it was Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen. I think were the three. Yeah, yeah the fact Derek didn't even get one. And not speaking, a single vote. It, it, what also was surprising to me is that Alex Smith wasn't unanimous for comeback player. Who? Oh, one knucklehead, one knucklehead voted for Big Ben. For real? For real. One knucklehead. And so he wasn't unanimous. Well, you can't fix stupid. So <laughs> Justin Herbert wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. Derrick Henry, Offensive Player of the Year, got robbed with MVP. But we both knew it was going to Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, it was inevitable. Happened to go that way. Salt intensifies. Anyways. <laughs> what the heck does that even like, mean? We're salty. We're salty Oh, Okay. It. Yeah. You never seen that meme where it's like the shaking salt, salt, salt intensifies. No, it kind of reminds me of like Dragon Ball Z or something. Defensive rookie of the year went to Chase Young. I thought that's where it was going to go. That's not who I wanted. Obviously wanted Patrick Queen with the Baltimore Ravens. But some of us are realistic, unlike you. That's why we did a think in a while. I said he, I thought he was going to get it, which he did. That's not who I wanted though. Comeback player of the year, as Dan spoke of, Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. Offensive or assistant coach of the year, Brian Doble. Which we didn't discuss assistant. But. Nope, we forgot about that one. But during the early of the year, didn't I put him up for a candidate to be a future head coach? I think yeah. he's going to be. He got, he got plenty of interviews this year. A lot of people thought he was going to go to the Chargers. Yeah. And they just that, did a 180 and went, and they went across the, the hallway to get their skirt. Guy. Yeah. They literally just, you know, walked a hundred yards and picked up their guy, which I like that hire. I think that's a smart hire by the chargers. Brian double. He's going to get a job in no time. Kevin Stefanski getting coach of the year. That's who I wanted. I didn't think they were going to go that way. I'm glad they did because he absolutely deserved it. But the fact that you take Cleveland to being a team that like wanted to face each and every season 
to taking them to being playoff bound and beating the Steelers. Good job for him, even though the votes prior to playoffs, but you well, get it. The, the three finalists for that vote, the, the three coaches that got votes were the three that I listed last week. Which were who? McDermott, Flores, and Stefanski. Oh. So, pat on my back, because uh, those three kudos, did exceptionally well. But Kudos to you. You, you took a, um, a team that has been at the bottom sellers of the league for two decades. You take them to the playoffs, and you beat a division rival. Mm-hmm. Kevin Stefanski, there's a bright future for Cleveland. It's taken you about 20 head coaches, but even a blind pig snorts up a truffle. So. Yeah, so, and Kevin Stefanski is doing a great job. I enjoy how he interacts with the players. I love his play calling. I think he's smart. I think it's a great hire for them, even though a lot of Browns fans were saying, we're taking this guy from the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. How good has their offense been? But and what have we said time and again? Yes, 100% agree. 100% agree. And everything. We'll, we'll talk about coaches in a little bit. Thank you for reminding me. But let's get into the Super Bowl. Wait, 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 wait. Let's see. Who picked the Buccaneers to win in the wild card round? True. Who, who picked? I did. No, I'm talking about me. <laughs> the divisional round, who? I think me. It was also me. <laughs> but who picked them in the championship round? Uh, Just me. Just me. Just you. And then also in the Super Bowl. So hey. I picked the Bucks in every single round. Thank you. Send me all the earnings that you made on the bets because I I got you those. I got you those wins. I And it, I picked Tampa Bay. I said they're going to cover that that plus three easily. So well, another. Easily. That uh, spe- easily, yes, because I was like, there's so much, there is so much that people are like, Kansas City, Kansas City. I'm like, not no, us, no, not us. We know, we know, but hey, that's why we're sitting on our couches and not getting paid, right? Exactly, because we know. But speaking of betting, I was watching the Pat McAfee show yesterday and he was talking about his bets for the Super Bowl. Also, he, does he ever sit down? Uh, he stands his entire yeah, show. but I mean that's oh. what makes him and just I he, just you can tell that. he's got he's got some jitters and something he his attention span doesn't stick. He placed a thirty thousand dollar bet for the coin toss, and people always like there was so much uproar of people picking tails and it landed heads. I'm a heads guy. I always pick heads. Heads never dreads, <laughs> and oh, but so tails never fails, buddy. Yes, but, for this time, but. He placed a $30,000 bet on that, and he lost it instantly. He made I a mean, $500 par- parlay that hit, and it was $25,000. And he said he only lost $2,000 overall. But I, I'm sitting there watching all, the, all these That's why I don't gamble. All those prop bets, my gosh. Unless you're Mattress Mac, right? Is that his name? Yeah, exactly. He hit. Mm-hmm. He put 3. I don't know, two or something. Three, yeah, 3.2. On the bucks, and he hit big. It's funny seeing all these people place these large bets on this coin toss. And I'm like, you have a 50-50 shot. If you literally have a 50% chance of missing, and just like that, I lost $30,000. Anyways, can you imagine having that much money where on a coin flip, something that's only a 50-50 odd? Yeah, well, and he, but he's the show is sponsored by FanDuel. So I'm sure they're giving oh, him, well, you know, that's true. I'm sure they're giving him some money. He, that's just not like all uh, his money. Just like with Fox, you know, you're taking a uh, Terry Bradshaw's money. Yeah, that's week. crap. You're we taking don't. advertisement money. But the game itself, let's talk about the halftime show. Did you like it? N- nope. <sighs> I honestly, I liked it. And I'll tell you why. No, you know why I didn't like it? Because I felt like he was shaking me. <laughs> when he was in that little fun house thing, I felt like I was probably in a, a the next stage of it 
in the in the fun house. I'm like, put me down, like all that shaking. It was, was funny. I saw. I don't get motion sickness. I saw but. a thing. It's like when they showed his his face, uh, like shaking and trying to get through the maze. They were like, "This is Deshaun Watson trying to get out of Houston." <laughs> it's just like, but so I, I like the halftime show. The reason why was, it, not, the, was it the jock straps on their faces? Gosh, that was weird. I'm not a raunchy guy, so you know I understand people love the Shakira and the J Lo and. Beyonce type stuff. I'm not into that. That's just not how I roll. It's, you know, might be personal preference, but the fact that I didn't have to worry about what the weekend was going to do from a visual aspect, and I enjoyed true. it. He did say he was going to keep it PG, which is welcoming to fans. I mean, you and I remember when Janet Jackson oh, gosh. slipped out. That's forever <laughs> ingrained in my brain. That was before, you know, they had like the, the delays. Center, yeah, the yeah. And uh that was yeah. Wild. so forever I have this left boob <laughs> stuck in my head that uh but so I miss the days. I, I miss the days of Bruno Mars. I liked Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars, Mars and Prince were probably the best two they, halftime performances. So Bruno Mars was my last favorite. I thought the America the Beautiful by H. E. R. Uh I didn't know who she was. I thought that was great. The national anthem was great as well. Yeah. Uh, so overall, I guess you could say the performances were above par and, and I saw a lot of people kind of complaining about the weekend, but the thing is, what is the weekend supposed to do? You, he, you, people look at it from a, I guess, a sex appeal toward JLo and Shakira and all the, all the women who halftime perform and they, they, they got more of a raunchier aspect. What is he supposed to do? Honestly, well, you're so, never going to be able to make everyone happy. You're not. So. You're always going to have haters, but I enjoyed it. It was clean. I didn't have to worry about anything. Some of the stuff was a little weird. Honestly, you know, he said he put seven million dollars in his own of his own money to this performance. I, I'm trying to figure where out did where, it go? Yeah. <laughs> I, because I hope it went on the fireworks or something. Because I I don't yeah. know where it went. I didn't see the quality of it, but I think more. I liked it more so because it was clean rather than the raunchy stuff that we've experienced previously. The halftime performance is, is literally to attract younger fans. They they couldn't care less about the older generation. And we're not old. You know, we're not even 30 yet. But well, also because, you know, we always have, I mean, this past Sunday we had people over and we we mute it. Like we saw, I mean, we watched it because, you know, it gives us something to talk about. And The weekend hasn't done it before. And, you know, he said that he was going to invest so much of his own money. So I was curious to see how it goes. But like last year we just mute it just, and then you talk to the people that you're with. And when the game comes back on, you unmute it. And you know, the other time that we muted it when the commercials came on, cause these commercials, <laughs> let's talk about the commercials. These were some of the wackest commercials I think I've ever seen. There was little to no funny commercials. And I was talking about this to a couple of individuals and, and, and actually one of my classes. And we said, when is the last time, the last Super Bowl year that we can remember that the commercials were quality. People watch Super Bowl commercials for humor. They don't watch it because someone's trying to sell them something. And I get that's what the whole point of it is. Some of the funniest commercials they, we haven't seen they, in a long time. They were non-existent this year. And it's unfortunate. Drew, you had some X factors last week in the game itself. Mm -hmm. So did I. Uh, my X factors, I believe, were for the Kansas City Chiefs. I had Clyde Edwards Alaire. You had four. You were supposed yeah, to have I, two, I, but you got four. I had him on the offense, Tyron Matthew on the defense. And for the Bucks, I had Shaq Barrett on the defense, Gronk, and Scotty Miller. And out of all those people, the only one who showed up was Gronk. Yep. 
Hey, two two well, tutties. Shaq Barrett created a lot of pressure. He did. Well, we'll talk about that later. But I'm saying like there was a lot more specific on his ability. But he had two tutties, as he likes to two say. Two tutties. But you really hit on that Tyron Matthew pick. I did. He no, was. Didn't. He was. He was, a, he was terrible. I know. Tom Brady said, "I'm coming for you." Guess what he did? He did the entire game. I love the fact that he was complaining about penalties. We'll get into penalties in a moment. But every time that Tom Brady torched him, he's like, he pushed off. Gronk pushed off. When when Gronk scored it, I think it was his second touchdown, and he completely just put his foot in the ground and turned left. Look, and, I didn't say that Tyron Matthew was going to do well. I said he was an X factor in his leadership what, with his mouth. Lead. Because he, yeah, he was he jabbing at Tom Brady, but yeah, he did. Uh, my X factor. So Travis Kelsey, he had a big game. The fact that Travis Kelsey had 10 receptions and 133 yards, you would be like, whoa, Kansas City, they won this game. He didn't have a single touchdown. Well, neither did the whole offense in general, <laughs> yeah. not just him. Kansas City didn't have a single touchdown in this game. My other X factor, Mike Evans, he was non-existent, but he didn't need to be. Tom Brady did a really good job at equally mm-hmm. distributing the ball as he always does. He is. He's the GOAT. Mike Evans, one reception for 31 yards. I thought that if he hit 88 yards when I broke down the stats last week, that they were going to win. But you didn't say if he doesn't hit 88 yards that they were going to lose. So technically, you're still uh, that's right. That's true. I did not say that. I just said <laughs> typically they lose. I still pick the Bucks regardless. I think maybe my X factors hit more than yours. Actually, no, because both of mine, even but though Travis my, Kelsey had a lot of yards, they didn't Mine do anything. two tutties, buddy. Two tutties, as him and Tom Brady likes to say. I love that. <laughs> I love that uh, that tweet that our friend Michael sent us of him and Tom Brady. He was like, I was saving it for the Super Bowl. <laughs> and the thing is, it's true, though, because he was not playing. He was playing okay, but not up to what we know he's capable of doing. He wasn't playing like that in the entire year. Six receptions, 67 yards, two tutties. He had a great game. I thought maybe he was going to win a Super Bowl MVP, but it's Tom Brady. Come on now. As far as the game itself, Dan, what was the what or who was the most impressive to you? Well, I'm going to say collectively the most impressive, and that was the defensive and offensive line for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This game was won in the trenches. Mm -hmm. As we always hear about in football, you start with the trenches and work your way out. That's what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have invested in the past you know, four or five seasons. And that's where this game was won and lost for the Kansas city chiefs. I mean, they couldn't get zero pressure on Tom Brady and they also couldn't keep the pressure from getting to Patrick Mahomes. He was running wild. I mean, he, he had 497 like scramble yards, not, not net yards, but as far as like running for his life, he was running for his life. He was twisting and rolling. I mean, he went back 50 yards 497 yards of him just trying to say, oh, crap, oh, crap, they're going to get me. <laughs> and that that doesn't bode well. Obviously, it didn't. They were 0 for 3 in the red zone. It just It's mind-boggling. They haven't gone since, I think it was 2017, since they haven't scored a touchdown. That I'm was not before sure. this Patrick is, Mahomes. Yeah, this is Patrick Mahomes' worst game of his entire NFL I mean, career. Todd Bowles, if you could give an MVP to someone other than a player, Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator for the Bucks, should have gotten it. You know, last week, Dan, you spoke about this is the first time since week five that all this defensive starters are playing together. Yes, I did. And I, I, I said, texted that to Drew. I said, hey, look, this is the first time since week five. All and, of them are healthy, finally. And I said that might be a problem because it's been so long since they played it. There might not be some great chemistry. Nope, it was not. <laughs> well, you could have fooled me because that defense was so fun to watch. 
they created so many problems and so much pressure for Patrick Mahomes. He wasn't able to do anything. And I love the fact that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers made him look like he was average. Mm-hmm. The NFL puts welcome him on this pedestal. Earth. Welcome, but welcome back to earth. And Tom Brady was that pedestal for the NFL at one point. And then him and Roger Goodell, their relationship went downhill. The NFL puts Patrick Mahomes on this pedestal, just like maybe Aaron Rodgers. And I'm rightfully so. I'm not arguing that. But he came back down to earth, like Dan said. But uh, this chemistry was insane. But I think the best play of the game was Antoine Whitfield with the little peace sign <laughs> to Tyree Kill. He said, you know what? I remember that play. I remember last time we played and mm-hmm. you gave me that little peace sign of the you know, backflip in the end zone. Mm-hmm. But hey, my peace sign is bigger and better than yours because I just won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I my, my peace sign has a Super Bowl ring on it. And yeah. That was, I, I watched that clip over and over again because I just. So funny. So, I love it. And, and, and of course, the ref immediately threw that flag and saying excessive celebration. Tony Roma's like, oh, we don't need that. That's, you know, bad sportsmanship. Look, please. Tyree Kill did it. Why can't he do it? Love he does it. it every single week. He does it every, every single, single week. Way. Hey, I'm faster than you. Congratulations. But I have a Super Bowl win. Mm-hmm. As far as for me, who the most impressive was, two individuals, Byron Lefwich and Todd Bowles. The coordinators Those coordinators. Played, they called an absolutely perfect, perfect. game mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball. Yep. Byron Leftwich just showed to the entire NFL, hey, next year, when there's a job that's opening, hire me. Yeah, but you know the thing is, everyone's coming back. You know, Tom Brady yes. even said it. Gronk said he's coming back. Mike Evans even said, hey, Bruce Arians, take some of my money mm-hmm. to bring us back to together. bring the entire team back. You know, you know where that worked before? Where did the that Patriots? Where, exactly. Where that mentality work? It mm-hmm. worked in New England. Winnie has a contagious thing about it. And people said, so I saw this tweet. It was a good point. Nobody offers that when they're losing. Oh, when they are know, winning, right. exactly. It's contagious. When people are winning, they say, you know what? Hey, take some of my money. I love watching this winning because I mean, this is, this is only second Super Bowl for the Buccaneers. And first on everybody that's been there through the crap for the past, you know, 10 or so years. 2003 was the last yeah, time. So nobody was on that team by then. And Todd Bowles, I understand he was a head coach, but hey, you're a head coach in New York and ain't going to work at all. I don't care who you are. Put Bill Belichick in New York. Hey, he didn't even want to be there. He said, trade me. Let me go to New England. So he didn't even want to be there. So I think that this was a great season for him. And if obviously he'll be there next year, he might get another opportunity to be head coach again. Look, I think at this point, they're obviously the favorite for the Super Bowl next year. Just oh, because. absolutely. If Tom Brady comes back, which he said he is, mm-hmm. I thought he should retire. He's not going to. And I'm so happy that he said it while he was holding the trophy that he's coming back. Because if Tom had not said that, we would have weeks and weeks and weeks of them speculating oh, back? whether he's coming back. I'm glad Giselle he squashed that. Blah, 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 blah. He squashed yeah. it now. That way we don't, you know, now what are these uh, big uh, sports companies going to talk about until the draft gets here? They don't have any speculation to talk about <laughs> other Stories than Carson Wentz and Deshaun Watson and all that mess. But as far as the game itself, Dan, was this game more about Tom Brady winning or more about Patrick Mahomes losing more about Tom Brady winning? Because that game, that loss was not on Patrick Mahomes. If you watch that game, it was not his fault. Yeah, I would agree with that. It, it was he had dropped passes, 11 penalties on the defense. His offensive line was a sieve. He he couldn't do anything. And he's missing two of his offensive line. Dane and I mm-hmm. spoke about before. Injuries happen in the NFL. It's just you unfortunate. It happened during Super Bowl week. I agree, though. 
that loss was not on Patrick Mahomes. He played a heck of a game for what whatever he had. And he played until that whistle blew at the end of the game. From from start to finish, he did not give up. And so that that's what you want to see in your quarterback. And mm-hmm. you know, they won a Super Bowl last year, so I don't feel too bad for them. Yeah. Uh, but he has a bright future, but this was absolutely Tom Brady's. I mean, we could go through a laundry list of stats that he's compiled. I mean, this is his seventh Super Bowl, which is more than any other franchise in NFL history. He has a Super Bowl in three different decades. He has, if you were to separate that into three careers, he would, they would all be Hall of Fames on their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's, uh, again, Benjamin Button, uh, just mesmerizing to watch. Look at his rookie year. He looks terrible. He looks like he should be... He is selling he is, insurance. If you see that picture of him, his draft picture, he's a fat, skinny person. <laughs> fat because skinny. he's because he's a he's a skinny person with zero definition. But man, he he's so different. And for him to come back next year, I mean, if you're a Bucks fan, you're elated because you got the crew, the band back together. And this was much more about Tom Brady than it was Patrick Mahomes. And they, the Kansas City Chiefs, they got outplayed and outcoached in every aspect of that game. The this game top to bottom, start to finish, was Tampa Bay's from every single second. But with Tom Brady winning, is it more about him or Patrick Mahomes losing? Tom Brady, I think he needed this win. Maybe not even needed this win because I think he's already showed that, hey, I can be successful without Bill Belichick calling the plays or you know leading the helm. The fact that he won, that solidifies that I'm not just a system quarterback that I can actually play in multiple systems. Patrick Mahomes, again, this game wasn't on him, and we all know that very well they could be back here next year. This might be a matchup we'll see again. Exactly. I I, I could see that. And Patrick Mahomes said that this game hasn't just affected him for this season, but the rest of his career. And I'm thinking, well, crap. Yeah. My I, team's in the AFC. I don't <laughs> like that. I'm a, yeah, he's going to be playing piss and, uh, for the rest of his career. That's... I mean, he was making some incredible throws, even though a lot of them were incomplete. Doing jujitsu. I mean, and someone, goodness gracious! Someone put him into a pretzel Pringle on oh, the yeah. ground. That, oh man, when the three line. when the three defenders came in and just like and see his neck yeah. stretch back, he looked like, like a dang pretzel. So I, I would uh, agree in the aspect. I do think it's more about Tom Brady winning because seven Super Bowls, he's got one on one full hand and then two on another. That is insane. It's lucky that players even get to a Super Bowl. The fact that he's won seven is impeccable. And I think Gronk has three with him now. He I does. Mean, four, excuse me. He's got four. four. It, but talking about Tom Brady as the GOAT, Dane, you and I already agree that he was the GOAT, but the conversation has sparked recently. Is Tom Brady the GOAT of all GOATs? Father GOAT? Father GOAT. So I reached out to Dan. I said, Dan, let's do this. Let's talk about who the GOAT is in each major league sport or the kind of the biggest sports. Can't do every sport. We'll be here all in t- you know for eternity. Mm-hmm. So let's compare who we think the GOATs in the respective sports and let's rank them. One thing I, I personally factor in when determining the GOAT status is how dominant they were during their time and could their game translate to today. I'm not saying that they would be competitive today because I think players in the 50s and 60s could not compete today just because of gener- uh, you know, genetics and how people have evolved. We've gotten a lot stronger. You look at offensive linemen in football. They are fit now where in the mm-hmm. 70s and 80s, they, they were, were tubbies. They, they were tubbies. <laughs> they were fat boys. Like a- so 
the game has evolved. Players have evolved. Nutrition has. There's a lot of factors into that. But let's talk about, and, and, and I want to say this too. Women's tennis, it is by far Serena Williams. We don't even need to talk about it. She is the most dominant athlete, not in just women's tennis, yes, not yes. in just the game of tennis, mm-hmm. but in all of sports. So Serena Williams, Dan and I don't need to discuss that. No. And, and if we did, then apparently you don't watch Serena Williams because she is insane, impeccable as an athlete. She's in it for women's tennis. Let's talk about men's tennis because I think this is a much, much closer gap than it is for women's. Well, you watch more tennis than I do. Love tennis. But I will say this I'm sure about. The top three are not American. That that <laughs> that, that uh, is true. Now, when I get to that point from me as a novice when it comes to tennis, I look at Rafael Nadal and mm-hmm. Roger Federer. Yeah. It's a, it's a competition between the two of them. I know they both have 20 grand slams in their career, and that's about as much information that I'm going to be able to offer you, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. I can't prepare because I love tennis. Now, I agree with you. The, the best two tennis players in history right now, I got a third one. But as of right now, the best two are Federer and Nadal. What I love about them, their games are vastly different. You have Nadal, he's a left-hander, loves to use his two-hand backhand. And as a which fellow is, lefty, I, yeah. thank you. Roger Federer, I swear, his left hand is not on his body because he plays almost all the time and only time with his right hand. Even his backhand is one hand, and I love watching it. He's He's got one of the best backhands in all of tennis. Federer has more career titles. They have the same number of Grand Slams. Nadal is the king of clay, though. Uh, there's no one that can beat Nadal when it comes to clay. When they have to play in f- the French Open, you can already put all your chips in Nadal winning that. Nadal has a better win percentage. Not by much. I think it's only by like 2%. But the third individual that I want to bring into here, and the reason why I'm going to do it, Novak Djokovic, who you mentioned. Uh, he's not American. That's true. He's Serbian. Novak Djokovic is going to be the best and greatest player of all time when by the time all three of these retire. I'll tell you why. He's had to play Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal virtually his entire career. Those three right there are the greatest ever to play tennis. His numbers are, if not better in some categories, and if they aren't better, he's he's trailing by only a little. By the time it's all said and done, he's going to be the greatest player ever. And the thing is, Roger Federer, He's my favorite athlete of all time in all of sports, not even close the way he carries himself, the game that he plays. He's super consistent, never talks, just goes out there and plays. I love him. And he speaks like 10 different languages. Well, most tennis players do. As of right now, I think Dan and I both agree right now, Roger Federer would be the goat of tennis. Although as a fellow lefty, I have to root for Nadal. Just like with golf, I he's not the greatest, but yeah. you know, spoiler alert for later, Phil Mickelson, he's the best lefty to ever play. Mm-hmm. So I root for him. So as of right now, best tennis player, Federer, by the end of their careers, I think Djokovic is going to be there. So the next sport, the biggest sport in the entire world, soccer, football, if you're from a different country. Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo, arguably the best two players of all time. Well, that's not who I have. I don't have okay. either of them. That's... Well, you don't have either. Go ahead. I want to hear you too. I Let have, me guess. You're going to say Pele and Maradona. I have Maradona. Okay. Diego Maradona. Now, granted, we were not alive when he played. You know, he was only 5'5". Five, five, and I think, that worked, I think that worked to his advantage because he had a low center of gravity. 
recently passed away too. He did. He passed away in November of last year after a heart attack, and they're actually investigating his death over negligence. But he had amazing ball control, Mm -hmm. and he was known as having the goal of the century in the 1986 World Cup when he completely undressed England's defense. (laughs) I mean, he, he, he brought them out like to, 20 different players, even though only knickers. You know, he took them and uh, he took an, that was an average team. Argentina was an average team and he had the ability to elevate the teams that he was on because he's, his talent was so good. And so he carried them to the world cup and they won. And uh, I think that Mar- Maradona was probably the most, obviously we don't, we didn't see him play. And, but I think his play could transcend to now and I think he's the greatest soccer slash football player of all time. Well, I'll give you another Argentinian that's not Maradona. Lionel Messi. Messi. Yeah. Now, to everyone listening, I'm a huge Ronaldo fan. I love Ronaldo. I, as, as far as soccer, I'm a Bayern Munich fan. But as far as a player standpoint, I love Ronaldo. But I have to say this. It's Messi who's the GOAT of, of all of soccer. He has more goals, more assists, less matches, more personal trophies. He's a better team player, Ronaldo, with that alpha male. Like, he just takes over games by just himself. But Messi, when I look at someone who can elevate, as you were speaking and alluding to, Dan, I think Messi can do a better job of elevating the players around him. I still love Ronaldo more, but Messi is transcended the soccer, the football game, more than anybody else in history. Aside from Ronaldo. Next sport is, other than football, my favorite sport, and that is hockey. I love the NHL. And for us, there's only one, and he's known as the great one. The great one. And that's number Wayne Gretzky. 99. Wayne Gretzky, his numbers retired across all teams. Number 99. Which, speaking of that, though, to cut you off, Dan, people are saying that the NFL should retire Tom Brady's number 12 number throughout the entire league. I don't hate it. Well, I, 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 I just don't think it's going to be as plausible as it would when Wayne Gretzky's number was retired, Jackie Robinson's number was retired. But Wayne Gretzky, you talk about whether his game can transcend between his playing days in the 80s and to now. Well, 70s as well. Well, seven, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he didn't even start in the NHL. Mm-hmm. He um, didn't. But with Wayne Gretzky, at the time, you weren't allowed to lift the puck. I know that's a, <laughs> that's a big argument with fans. Also, the padding for goalies was paper thin. Like mm-hmm. they didn't have hardly anything around their bodies, which gives more area for goals to go into the net. And the fact that goalies aren't playing the puck as aggressively. Mm-hmm. But I think let, let, let's just look at this. This is how dominant Wayne Gretzky was. Don't with steal my stats. I already I, know I, where you're going with this. I, I was just going to do one stat. Okay, I got more. Good. It's just one stat. This is how dominant Wayne Gretzky was. It, now, in hockey, if you're not very familiar with hockey, you have a goal and an assist. An assist is if you were the player on the same team who there's two people who touch the puck plus the person who scores the puck. Okay, so you have two assists and one goal. If you took Wayne Gretzky's goals away, just completely wiped them off the board, he would still lead in the league just based off his assists when it comes to points. Mm-hmm. That is how dominant he was scrap him of every single goal he's ever scored. He still leads the league. Yes. To this day. But that right there just shows you how dominant he was. But I know you probably, you, you said Gretzky as well, right? I said Sidney Crosby. No, what? I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> no. oh my gosh. I was going to flip a table. Wayne Gretzky. And it doesn't even matter who else is in contention. Gretzky had more stats in his career that will never 
and I say never be broken mm-hmm. than any other athlete in their sport. He has the most Art Ross trophies, which is the point leader that Dan spoke about. He led that for 10 seasons. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, he's number 24 in the league in games played. At his yeah. entire career, number 24. Yeah. Are you kidding me? And you're going to talk about I'm going to say something about that. He has the most goals in a season. 92. Jeez. 92. <laughs> most players there don't is, even get to 50. There, no one is going to even sniff that. That is going to be unbreakable. And the reason mm-hmm. why is because goalies nowadays and defenses nowadays are so good. Mm-hmm. That'll never be broken. It's kind of like Joe DiMaggio's you know, hit, hit, you know, hit streak consecutive games or whatever. Most assists in a season, 163. Most goals, 1,072 goals in his career. Most assists, 1963. Most heart trophies, which is the MVP for hockey, nine. <laughs> He's got nine MVP awards. Most points in his career, which is 2857. That is 970 more points than the next person, which is Mark Messier, who's mm-hmm. arguably the second greatest yeah. player in NHL history. As you can tell, Drew and I love hockey because we're quite passionate about what well, we yeah. got to Wade Gretzky. We're just like spitting yeah. it out. I, 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 we, we love hockey. He's had three consecutive 200-point seasons, which, holy poop. 51-game point scoring streak, just like I talked about with Joe DiMaggio with that, that hit right streak, is insane. That's more than half of a season. Yeah, 51 straight games with a point. 50 goals that he had one season in just 39 games. <laughs> what in the world? Please stop. Oh, stop and by the way, brain by the way, overload. By the way, he has four Stanley Cups. So four, I, and four that, consecutive Stanley and that, Cups. And that's, the, right? that's not the most in history. I mean, you have the Canadians, one, you know, the the amount of Stanley Cups they have over twenty, and they have yeah, but a most lot people of people who are fans now weren't born when they won the yeah, Stanley Cups. So those are kind of like eh. the the most in NHL history by a single uh, a player is eleven, and multiple people have that because they played for the Canadians. So for the NHL, gotta go Wayne Gretzky, the great one. But as far as baseball, it came down to two individuals, Willie Mays, and the second one, Sultan of Swat, the King of Crash, the Colossus of Clout, the Colossus of Clout. Babe Ruth, the great Bambino. You don't have to like baseball to know that Babe Ruth is one of the greatest players of all time. Mm-hmm. Now, this was a hard, this was a hard comparison for me, Dane. Well, well, I I had Babe Ruth as mine, and Willie Mays actually was my second. Uh, you know, I was kind of flipping back and forth. Do you have who's who's your top? Because you listed two. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Willie Mays and Babe Ruth. Okay, but right. my number one is Babe Ruth. Yes. Mm-hmm. Babe Ruth had 714 home runs, and it's only been surpassed by Hank Aaron, which he just passed away, and and, and Barry Bonds. And but Barry let's Bonds. put an asterisk next to Barry Bonds. <laughs> We're just saying for all of you Barry Bond lovers, there's an asterisk there. His record. Now, again, this is in 1934 was last year that he played, and he's only been surpassed by two people. And he played offense and defense. Mm-hmm. He, yes, was, he a was a pitcher and a hitter. Mm-hmm. That doesn't it, happen anymore. His record for lifetime OPS and OPS plus, which is adjusted for average, and his slugging percentage, they still stand. We're almost 100 years later, they still stand. As a pitcher, he won 94 games and had won over 20 games in two seasons twice. And he has an ERA career Two point two eight. So it, it is Babe Ruth, and you know Willie Mays is a close second, very close. Hank, second. Hank Aaron, he is the best home run hitter of his in history. 
but that's only because you you have that asterisk next to Barry Bonds. Yes, and the debate whether he should be in the Hall of Fame. That's for that, another day. Yeah, the baseball but, is soft with that stuff, but th- this is the reason why I pick Babe Ruth over Willie Mays, and they're both great players. I will take them on my team any day. Babe Ruth played 400-plus less games than Willie Mays. 400 games less. Mm-hmm. Babe Ruth was about three seasons, right? Three or four seasons. Yeah, yeah, three or four, something like that. Ruth's batting average was better. He had less hits, obviously, a lot less games. He had more runs. More home runs, more RBIs, little little less doubles, little less triples. And what I mean by little less, I mean literally four. He had he drew more walks. He had less strikeouts. His on-base percentage was better. And his it, slugging percentage. Yeah. So it, Babe Ruth, again, when, when I look at comparable stats between the two, he just had a better career. But both of them deserve to be in that conversation. Now, my question to you, Drew, is... Why did the Red Sox? Why? The owner's stupid. Yeah, exactly. Hey, let me fund a, uh, you know, a play and sell the greatest player in MLB history. Mm-hmm. And then from that point on, that's when the curse it, started. It, the curse started and it haunted us for decades and decades and decades. But the Red Sox recently have had much better success than the Yankees. So mm-hmm. I guess you can stick it to them. Yeah, they're going to tell you, oh, you know, we have over 20. Well, most of the people who were fans of the Yankees now weren't even born. Like when when people are like, we have more championships, you were not born when it happened. And your parents weren't born. It's like the it's like Canadian teams with hockey. A Canadian team hasn't won a, a Stanley Cup since the 1990s. Yeah, it's been a long time. But it, 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 I digress. So our last, or actually we got two more, but we'll talk about the NBA. Now, aside from tennis, NBA for me was the most difficult for me to choose an all-time great. Well, let me ask you, Drew, because it depends on which generation you ask. Exactly. Because if you ask our generation, we're millennials, we would say Michael Jordan. If you look at Generation Z, the younger crowd, they're going to say LeBron James. LeBron James. But looking at these two, it was really tough because if if I'm picking an individual that I want to start on my team. Cause I, I think Jordan and LeBron are one, a one B type players. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can go wrong with either one. Mm-hmm. If you ask me, drew, I need you to give me a starting five lineup of all time players. You get the first overall pick. You know who I'm picking? Surprisingly, I'm going LeBron James. Let's uh, see. I'm picking Michael Jordan. I think LeBron is more dominant. And the fact that he's been on multiple teams, He's won a championship. Three different teams? Two, because he never actually, yeah, three, three, because he won with Cleveland, Miami, and then Lakers. Mm-hmm. Yep. I knew, I know. I don't know yeah. much about basketball, but I know yeah, he won three I, different I forgot, teams. I forgot he went back to Cleveland and then, yeah. you know, won it that year. But I, I mean, he's, LeBron James is the best passer in NBA history, but Michael Jordan was able to play from one end of the court to the other. Yeah. And, and they so, don't play defense anymore. I get that. Mm-hmm. The, the league has changed and it's evolved. And people could have said, you know what? Michael Jordan left to play baseball for two years. Maybe he could have won eight championships instead of just six. He was six and zero in the we, finals. We can't say we can't say you know what ifs, but LeBron James is more dominant in his play than than Michael Jordan was. Michael Jordan also had a great supporting cast his entire career. Mm. LeBron James doesn't have a supporting cast like like Jordan did. He didn't have a Scottie Pippen. He didn't have oh. a freaking. At one of the greatest coaches of all time coaching him. As like in I said, him, just, as, in as you said, James. it's one A, one B. And, you know, Michael Jordan had, he was six and zero in the finals, never went to a game seven. Mm. Uh, but LeBron James been to 10 conference finals. Yeah. 
Uh, and that's hard in itself. Mm-hmm. He is. I mean, that's that's Tom Brady right there. I mean, he only has four. Granted, he's only won four of the ten that he's gone to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Michael Jordan still leads a career points per game average. Still leads the league. Uh, LeBron James is inching closer, but he's just. I mean, he's he's played for eighteen seasons. Yeah. Michael Jordan, I think, was only fourteen. So. It is a 1A, 1B argument. Uh, I'll pick Michael Jordan for our generation, and you can take LeBron James for the end. I'll take LeBron James. And, and Dan Dan and I don't care enough about the NBA to be <laughs> super passionate like Wayne Gretzky no in cap. hockey. No cap. We, we just, you know, the NBA for us isn't, it's not our favorite sport. So, you know, honestly, we couldn't care less. Well, also, it's the same teams that get there over and over and over again. That's true. And there's the fact that, in basketball, you can have a negative win percentage and still make playoffs is is ridiculous. Well, but the the Washington football team. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> that is true. Good argument. Touche. But but the, the, but the, that one they they have to go. I mean, yeah, because you, 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 you won the you can win the division. Uh, I think it's if you were to you know split your division, you can win three games. Go three and that's true. And you still can. win the division. You can. They all could go. What is it? So three next year it'll be three and fourteen, and you can win your division. Yeah. So that's just how that's the rules cra- are set. that's crazy. I didn't even think about that. But the last one. This is a football podcast. So rightfully so, we have to finish with the NFL GOAT of football. Mm-hmm. For me, it's Tom Brady what? and Tim Tebow. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. It's, it's it's Joe Montana. Oh. We have to, and because it's an NFL and it's a quarterback-driven sport, I have to go with two quarterbacks, the two greatest quarterbacks, in my opinion, maybe ever, Joe Montana was 4-0 in Super Bowls. Tom Brady's been to 10-1-7. Who's the greatest of greats? Before before even winning the Super Bowl, Dan, Tom Brady was the GOAT of of football. You didn't need to convince me. He didn't need to win this to convince me and maybe some others that he was the best in NFL history. I was already convinced. This just solidified it. I also have Tom Brady. I mean... Talked about earlier, he's won seven Super Bowls, which is more than any other franchise, won in three different decades. By the start of next season, he'll be 44 years old, no signs of stopping. He's got career, uh, he set career records with Tampa Bay in his first year. They haven't, they haven't been to the playoffs and won a game since their last Super Bowl, and here we go, Tom Brady taking him through the wild card division championship. He beat Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes. Dude, they also beat. Taylor Henneke. Man. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So, but you get my point. <laughs> yeah. That, that Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Famers, Patrick Mahomes. He's well on his way of being the next generation of Tom Brady quarterback. That's what I love about Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers has been clawing and scratching to get out of the NFC championship for all but one season. And Tom Brady comes in for his first year with the Buccaneers <laughs> and he's like, Hey, how are you doing? Let me go. I'm going to win and, this championship and go to the Super Bowl. And, and we talked about it before, but Chris Godwin addressed it after the Super Bowl. When people asked him, what did he offer Tom Brady for his jersey number? And Tom said he offered him a Super Bowl. That's what Tom Brady said. We're, he said, I'm going to give you a Super Bowl. <laughs> He's probably like, deal. Yeah. I'll take that. Uh, and that's what happened. Is that really what he what yes. he offered? Wow. Chris, yes, Chris Conwin did. I, I love how confident. And I love that every during Super Bowl week, Tom Brady, every single night, texted the entire team is like, we're going to win. I love it. It's Tom Brady is just at the end of the day, you you can hate him. You may not like him, 
but you cannot argue that he's the greatest football player in NFL history. You can't. So while we talk about that, we talk about rating the goats. Drew, there's actually one more sport that you didn't put on the list of things we're going to talk about. And I wanted to address golf because everyone says that it's Tiger Woods. I think it's Jack Nicholas. I think that's fair. I think that Tiger Woods will eventually pass Jack Nicholas. But in his time, Nicholas had to play Arnold Palmer, Gary Player, Watson Trevino, Ballesteros, Jack Norman. Like he had dominant players in his career. But you can yeah. say that about Tiger though. I think those players are better than what Tiger Woods has faced. I'm not saying that that Tiger Woods is not the great. I if said y'all could see my face right wait, now. I said if if Tiger Woods, I think he will eventually surpass Jack Nicklaus. I think he already has. Well, the, I, the quality it, of it, golf that's that's going on now is mu- in even the past 20 years, it is much better than Jack Nicklaus has, has I mean, ever played. He, Jack Nicklaus, you know, he has 18 major championships, the most in in history. He has won six Masters. Yeah, I mean, I can't uh, argue uh, that. But he, six Masters, and now at this point, you know what he's doing? He's going around designing golf courses for companies. That's what he does now. And he's probably getting paid bank to do that. Bank it. Yeah. To be a golf architect. I would love that. People who literally just design golf courses. It's beautiful. I mean, like, look, uh, I'll say at this point in their careers, one, a one B Tiger Woods. Okay. He's fair. Tiger Woods has more years in him. Unfortunately, he's dealt with a lot of injuries and a lot of scandals. Uh, Yeah. And I think that at, at some point he will pass Jack, but at this point I got Jack Nicholas. That was, that was golf, but I'll take that. I'll, I'll take one one B. That's fair. You take Jack Nicholas. I'll take Tiger Woods. I won't be mad with either one, but I think mm-hmm. Tiger, his game is much better. If you took Tiger and you put him back in Jack Nicholas' time, he would dominate too. Well, we'll we'll never know. Uh, but he's got time to 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 surpass Jack. But as far as ranking, so talked about tennis, soccer, golf, NHL, NBA. Some other sports, anyways. Let's rank them. Baseball, baseball. Lord have mercy. So it's that's that's eight in total. So we have men and women's tennis. So we did eight sports: soccer, basketball, baseball, NFL, hockey, tennis for men and women, and uh, as well as golf. If I was to rank it, my number eights would be my number eight would be based upon playing in singles versus playing with a team. So I would pick golf and tennis as my eight and seven, because the, most of the time they play alone. That's true. And I think it's harder to win championships when, when you're a hockey player, you got 10 guys on the ice and with football, you've got 11 on one side, 11 on the other and, and basketball and baseball. And so there's a lot more that plays into it. So my number eight, I have golf, which would be Jack Nicholas. Number seven, Serena Williams, six, Roger Federer. My number five would be Diego Maradona, soccer player. Four, Michael Jordan. Three, Babe Ruth. Two, Wayne Gretzky. And number one, football, Tom Brady. So you took yours a little different. I agree with you, though. I have the same skill of thought that I, I put individuals who don't play the team sport aspect toward the bottom because since you're not playing with, you know, 10 or 11 other guys, whatever sport you're in, there's less room for error, meaning you are more dependent on just you and yourself and in executing your plan. You don't have to worry about what other people are doing or thinking. So that's why I put them more on the, the, on the lower spot of all goats. Number eight, Tiger Woods, seven, Roger Federer, six, Serena Williams. Cause I think Serena is the greatest of all time. As far as a single sport, she dominated everything that she did. 
Number five, Lionel Messi. Number four, LeBron James. Three, Babe Ruth. You may say, well, you know, Babe Ruth, what he did and what he achieved was impeccable. Yes, yeah, I agree. But he did it so long ago. Yes, there are some records that still stand. But the but game has really changed. Since it's, it's changed. The pitchers are completely different. Number two, Tom Brady. The reason why I put Wayne Gretzky as number one is because the amount of single achievements that he's done within the sport, aside from winning the, you know, I mean, he's, he only has three less championships than Tom Brady, and I only say three less. But the amount of accolades and things that Wayne Gretzky has, has been able to achieve, that's never going to be touched. It's never going to be broken. Also, also, hockey is harder to win in the playoffs. It is. It's because, because it's you a, have seven. You have mm-hmm. seven games, the best of seven, and you have four rounds. I mean, because Tom Brady, most of his career, he wasn't even in the wild card round. Exactly. He, he, they won their division, and the last time he was last year, he yeah, lost. And, and he had. A, they won their division and won a, and got the first round by or second round by. Now it's only one seed, but Tom Brady hasn't had to go through four rounds. And hockey, no matter what seeding you are, you have to go through all the rounds. Hmm. So I put Brady at two, even though I love Tom Brady. He's probably my favorite on this entire list aside from Federer. Wayne Gretzky is my goat of all goats, though. I would not argue with that. I That's a strong case. I love Wayne Gretzky, love hockey. Again, it is, I think, the hardest sport to win a championship because you have to play four rounds and you have to play a minimum of four games in each round. That's true. A minimum, that's yeah, absolutely. It's not just you one could, game. You could sweep all, but you got to win 16 games to get to this, to win yeah, the 16, no matter what minimum. So those are our rankings of goat of all goats. I want to lead off with this question, Dane. Did you enjoy the Super Bowl this year? Do you well, feel like, do you feel like the penalties took away from the game itself? I don't think so because I, I know a lot of people were upset about the penalties, but Kansas city was fourth in the league in penalties this year. Mm-hmm. This is nothing new for Kansas city. I mean, they had 11 penalties for, 120 yards, that, that that really hurt them. I had the Bucks winning, so I was very happy with the game. Dan and I were very thrilled. Uh, we enjoyed it. Even though it was a 31-9 to victory for the Bucs and, and Kansas City didn't show up at all, we loved it. And the penalties, I don't think they took away from the game. One, it was a blowout regardless. But this is something that we talk about every big game. There's going to be soft penalties. There's going to be penalties that don't go your way. That's just the reality of human nature and thinking with their NFL referees. Also, the penalties were on Kansas City's defense. Yeah. That offense didn't score one touchdown. Not a single touchdown. How are you going to blame the penalties on Kansas City's inability to score a touchdown? Exactly. It's not like it was a close game, as I spoke of. But thank you guys so much for listening to this week on the Pick Team Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We're going to try to get as creative as we can through the remainder of this season. If you want us to talk about a specific team or person or topic, message us on Twitter or Instagram at Podcast Pigskin. We want to hear from you guys. Much love. Thanks for listening this week on the Pigskin Podcast. Subscribe to the pod on iTunes and Spotify so you'll never miss a show. Also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Pigskin. If you want to stay engaged throughout the week, give us a follow. We want to hear from our listeners. Give us a breakdown. Signing off.